Are you looking for a new math curriculum? Well, CTC Math specializes in providing online video tutorials that take a multi-sensory approach to learning. Favorably reviewed in Kathy Duffy's 102 Top Picks and the Old Schoolhouse Crew Review. The lessons are short and concise to help your children break down concepts and appreciate math in a whole new way. The lessons are taught the traditional way, not to the test. Each one of the video tutorials is taught by an internationally acclaimed teacher, Pat Murray, who is renowned for teaching math concepts in a simple, easy to understand way and in only a few minutes at a time. Using a multi-sensory approach, having the combination of effective graphics and animation synchronized with the voice of a friendly teacher together with practical assessment. Even students who struggled with math are getting fantastic results. And the ones that were doing okay before now are doing brilliantly. Visit CTC Math today and start your free trial. That's ctcmath.com. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Hey everyone and welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz with Vintage Homeschool Moms. And today we are um, going to have a very special guest. Today our topic is Homeschool Head Start Military Families. This is episode 475 and you can find today's show notes at vintagehomeschoolmoms.com. Well, how do homeschool military families do it? And even if you're not a military family, do you want to give your child a head start in their educational journey? Well, surprise, surprise, it's not all about academics. But as a smart parent, which I am sure you are, you already probably know this fact. The journey is not complete without an understanding of some life skills, such as making good decisions. And Having a strong faith, that is very important to me and to my guest. And I want to welcome our special guest today. And she is one of our, well, actually, she has two podcasts on the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. And today I welcome Crystal Niehoff. Welcome, Crystal. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, I'm excited to have you on. And you have worn many hats throughout the year. Um, And so I want you to share a little bit about yourself with the listeners. Okay, well, um, we're an active duty Army chaplains family currently stationed at Rock Island Arsenal, Illinois. Since we began homeschooling in the year 2000, we've graduated three from our homeschool with two more to go in the spring of 2023. Um, My husband and I are the very proud grandparents of five, and I'm going to share a secret. Just found out one more is on the way. Wonderful. And I also homeschool my oldest granddaughter, Lexi, long distance, thanks to technology like Skype and texting, Google Docs and all that. And then my second daughter, Savannah, will start homeschooling her kindergartner this fall. Oh, that's, I love the homeschool legacy stories. I think that is so wonderful. And, um, you know, one thing that you came into my life, um, soon after I found out that my son was going into the military and he, um, is a second Lieutenant will actually report the end of July where this is 2022 as we're recording this and, um, you are married to Uh, military chaplain. So that was such a blessing that you came into my inbox. um, And we had a discussion and you, um, you know, talked to me about a podcast and you now have historyforchristianteens.com and you do this with your husband. Uh, So share a little bit about what that podcast is about. 
So the History for Christian Teens podcast was really born out of my love and my husband's love for all things history. And then we also felt that we kind of forget that the Bible is a history book and there's so much we can learn from that. So we started by going through different um, characters from the Bible and uh, we will then move on from there into other stories of um, more modern day historical figures. Um, but we take that and we not only learn about the person, the good and the bad, but what we can learn from them and the life application lessons that we can apply to our own lives. There's something we can glean, glean from everyone that we can apply to our lives. You know, even from, we learned about Saul one time and I thought, what can I possibly learn from King Saul and all his mishaps? But we learned about humility, the importance mm -hmm. of being humble and realizing that it's God that does the work, not us. And pride goeth before a fall. So we can learn something valuable from anybody's life and then apply that to our own lives. So it's kind of history with a twist. I love it. And that's the thing that makes it so unique. You know, um, that's one of the reasons I was so interested in that. And then you've just launched um, the Military Homeschool Podcast. Uh, and I was a guest recently on that one as well. And you focus there on homeschooling and military families. But um, I have to be honest, there's so much good information. I've listened um, in on your, uh, you know, some of your episodes and you have such good information. It doesn't matter whether you're a military family or not. Um, it just really pertains to really good homeschool advice. So share a little bit about that and why you decided to start that one. Well, Homeschooling, as we know, can be challenging for any family, but then when you add on military life, which is sort of like being on a roller coaster 24-7, you know, lots of ups and downs. So really the mission in my heart for the Military Homeschool Podcast is to bring information and guests to our listeners that are relevant to our unique lifestyle as military families, but we'll also cover topics that are common to or to homeschooling families. But then the unique aspects we'll cover are things like homeschooling during a deployment or a PCS, which means permanent change of station, which is a scheduled military move, and um, how to bond and spend time together before a deployment, which homeschooling really lends itself well to uh, that's unique to us as homeschoolers rather than you know we're not sending our kids off to, to public or private school all day they get to spend time with dad before he deploys and there is just so many things that make military life and homeschooling unique for us so we'll cover those topics learn about how others homeschool in their military life and learn from that as well. But my heart really is to just offer support and encouragement to homeschooling military families. So we don't feel so alone. We will get through it together. Wonderful. Um, I remember years ago, I hosted, um, we called it mommy jammies night. So it started at nine in the evening so that the people on the other coast could join us, you know, and and I remember one time we had um, a, a military family, a mom, she was, they were stationed in Germany. And I don't even remember what time it was in Germany at that point in time, if it was like in the middle of the night or, or when it was, but she just really craved that connection. And so we really had, you know, like a guest that was on that, you know, had a, a very encouraging word. And so, you know, it was amazing that, um, you know, just exactly what you're saying. She was a homeschool mom and wanted that, that connection. And now, you know, with the internet, there's so much more availability with, with things going on. Um, and, uh, and, and so that's wonderful. And, and a question I have, like, do many homeschool, um, do many military families homeschool? Well, the short answer is yes, amazingly, but 
I love statistics. So a slightly longer answer is I grabbed some st statistics about that. And the National Home Education Research Institute says that there are currently an estimated 3.7 million homeschooled students in the United States, grades K through 12. And that number represents roughly six to 7% of the general population. However, what's so exciting is that the number rises dramatically among military families. According to the Blue Star Families 2021 Military Family Lifestyle Survey, 13% of active duty families choose to homeschool their children. Wow. And that is nearly two to four times the proportion of children ages 15 to 17 that are homeschooled in the general population. Wow. That's and wonderful. Then add to that. <laughs> and there's, and there's more. Numbers, <laughs> is that 32% of active duty military spouses report that their child's education is their top family issue. And that of that 38% state that they plan to continue homeschooling through high school. That's amazing. And yeah, my kids very successfully homeschool through high school. And I think, you know, some of the things that we're going to talk about today will fit in with that. Um, so when we talk about a head start, you know, it can mean different things to different people. And in this instance, when I'm talking about a head start to your homeschool, no matter what time of the year it is, um, it, it means having a good plan and having um, at least some sort of, even if you don't like scheduling, because I know one of the things with homeschoolers is we're kind of a different brand of person. Like if you say you have to have a schedule, then they'll say, well, I don't want a schedule, um, but it can be a schedule or a routine. Okay. Kids like that consistency. I'm one that would say something like, oh, let's go to the park today. And I'd have one child who would freak out because that's not what was in the plan. So I had to learn that, you know, with my children, even the ones that would say, yeah, that's great, that we had to have some kind of plan and consistency. And that was a way to not get behind. And also we were prepared enough so that we could be confident in our own abilities. Um, how many of you have ever said, if you've homeschooled for more than one year, raise your hand. And okay, of those, that group there, how many of you have thought near the end of the year, oh gosh, this was not a good year and we didn't cover anything. And I think one of the things that I did every year that really was helpful is we put together a portfolio, which was samplings of their work throughout the year. And then when I got smarter and didn't do it at the end of the year, which is a killer, and we did it as the year progressed, I would have the kids every couple of weeks pick out like their best math paper or their best writing assignment or whatever that was, whatever subject area. And, you know, if it was history, I would just have them write a little paragraph about what, what was covered. Sometimes we would do things like that and I'd put it on my, my marker board. And so, um, those were things that we kept in their portfolio so that I could, it wasn't even so much for them. It was for me so that I could go back and say, oh yeah, we did, you know, so much uh, this year and okay, well, here was a whole, you know, maybe we could do a little bit more with this academic topic. And so if you're confident as a parent, then you are going to be confident to continue on. Um, I think when we lose our own confidence in our ability, that really doesn't help. And then the second part of it is academics are wonderful and they're important. And, you know, yes, your child needs to be able to read and do math, even with the internet and audiobooks and so forth. But I think there's another aspect of it, and that is um, to prepare them mentally as well as spiritually, um, especially if you're a Christian. Um, that is very important and takes center stage. And I think, um, you know, all the academics in the world are wonderful, but they're nothing if you have a child who is self-centered, who's hateful, who, you know, is, is the person that no one wants to be around and is a huge discipline issue. Um, as parents, we can make a lot of excuses for things. Um, it's the only way that we sometimes can survive. 
Um, but you know, as my husband, um, he's a lot of wisdom and like, like he always says, um, you know, when, when the kids are trying to convince us that they didn't do something wrong and he would just say, really son, what you're doing or daughter, you know, is you're lying to yourself. You know, this, these are the facts. This is what happened. And what you're trying to tell me is an excuse. And it's also a lie. And so, um, we learned, I mean, there were some days crystal when, I just stopped everything and we had to deal with the, with the discipline issue, you know? And, and so once we got through that, our homeschooling went really quickly. Um, I'm going to be doing, um, actually I just did a podcast. Um, it's called unruly kids. It's episode 471. So you can, um, look for that on, uh, the show notes, um, on vintage homeschool moms. But, uh, so one of the things that I'm going to address in that podcast, um, is situations where we can nip things in the bud with our kids. And again, it takes, you know, I have a lot of years of experience now. My youngest, my baby's 21 at this point in time, and I have eight grandkids. (laughs) Yay for grandkids. Um, but you know, it just is, um, difficult to even educate a child if they if you don't have that discipline issue. So the first head start topic we are going to talk about is, you know, it's wonderful to have a plan and to have the academics and to know what your curriculum is. But the first is dealing um, with with the discipline issues in your homeschool. So do you want to help address that or add to that if you could? I think in regards to discipline, and, and this is my personal opinion, but it's so important to remember that, to look at it, the, the offense, you know, whatever it was that they did wrong through the eyes of a child. I can remember times that I got in trouble as a child and I didn't realize I was doing anything wrong. You know, that child that goes out and is playing, this is one of my favorite things too, is to play in the mud. <laughs> And then you bring that in and I'm not thinking that I'm doing anything wrong. I was just exploring my environment. So Mm -hmm. I do believe in um, a lot of grace with your children, but also the importance of discipling your child before it becomes necessary to discipline. Discipline is always going to be necessary But that discipleship beforehand is so important. And the younger you start, it's never too young, really, in my opinion, to start discipling, even as a baby and you're holding them in your lap. And, and I love to read to my babies, you know, and they love to hear your voice and they don't understand, but over time they start to understand and they understand that they're in a warm, safe place with, you know, mom's loving voice. And that's kind of the beginning of discipleship. And then you train them uh, why they don't tell a lie or why don't just say no and expect it to happen, but let them know the why behind it, not to reason with your child all the time. We're not their friend. And, but Mm -hmm. I think that discipleship is, and really that's a root word of uh, discipline, but I, I discipled my children when they're young so that my two youngest are teenagers, but I have relatively few issues with them. And it's not that I was a great parent at all. I have many shortcomings, many flaws, and I'm sure they would happily name them all for you. <laughs> But I also, um, it was important to me that when I did something wrong, when I overreacted, I would then also apologize to them and ask for Mm -hmm. their forgiveness. And so there's a respect there, I think. I think that's beautiful because that, that is really important. And I love what you said about discipleship. And I, I think, cause I was going to ask you to share more about that and you did. So thank you. Um, but one of the things I did with my children, especially when we went out was I prepared them ahead of time. I didn't do it to begin with. And then I was like, oh my gosh, you know, my child just had a meltdown and we need to not do that anymore. Um, like for example, when you're in the grocery store and you're trying to leave and they put all those wonderful tempting things that every kid wants, you know, gum or candy or whatever you don't want them to have. And so, um, 
you know, I would say to them ahead of time, this is what we're going to do. And, you know, when we go to check out, there's going to be a lot of things there, but please do not ask because I'm not going to buy anything, but I am going to buy a treat or I'm buying chocolate chips and I'm going to make cookies or I would let them know. And it takes a lot of words. It really does. It's so much easier to throw them in the car and let's go and be done or, you know, get someone over to watch the kids. But um, the kids knew ahead of time. And I remember one time we went into a really um, busy place where there was glass and I'm thinking, oh my gosh. So we stood outside and I really wanted to go in because um, my mom was with us and it was, you know, I don't even remember what the store was, but, um, but I said to the kids, when we walk in, you have, it, you can either put your hands in your pockets because they had, you know, always like to wear things with pockets or behind your backs, but you may not touch anything, you know, and, the, and they would say, well, why? And I said, because it's all glass and it will break and, and then we'll have to pay for it. And so we walked in and the lady behind the counter, like when we were leaving, she was like, oh my gosh, your kids were so great. And they, you know, one of them had their hands in the pocket and the other one behind her back. And, um, you know, and so, you know, I just said, thank you. And we walked out, but same thing when we would go out to dinner you know, use your inside voices or same thing when grandparents came over and were a little bit more elderly. Remember my mother-in-law had um, a cane and I would just say to the little children, you know, you cannot run. Grandma's going to be coming in and I don't want you to wipe out grandma. You know, it's just like, (laughs) we need to be careful. Um, And so they, they will respect that. And then that's where the issue comes in. If they know what is expected and then they don't follow through. So I think that's really important, um, you know, because uh, when you when you are homeschooling, a lot of times they want to tell you, especially as they're getting older. But I remember like even saying, okay, we're going to have a spelling review because I would try not to say things like test or even though my kids didn't care. Um, and well, why do we have to do that? And I don't want to do that. And I didn't study my words and, you know, on and on. And I would just say, we're not going to discuss it, or we are, we are going to do this, or we'll do two times as much, you know, or do you want to write them out 10 times or, you know, whatever that was, I was quick on my feet. So I could, you know, do things like that. But I just felt like if the kids knew ahead of time that this is what was expected, then they were so much it was so much easier. I gave them checklists. Um, that was one way just to keep ahead. Um, you know, so that number two for me was have a plan. And one of the plans was a checklist. And on that checklist, there were the items that needed to get covered that day. Um, so it was like a week at a glance, um, on one piece of paper. And this was all my husband's idea. It was really great when we came up with that and I could keep it for my portfolio. And we had, you know, the, the kids would put in the date at the top every week, they'd get a clean sheet. And then they would just check off the things that they did each day. When we would do our group things together, which were always Bible or some kind of, you know, lesson I had that was, you know, a a scripture or something we were going to memorize or some activity that we did. Um, When they got older, they were reading the Bible on their own. And then also I, they had a journal um, and Um, When they got older, too, I found like really fun things. No matter what your kids are interested in, there's Bible activity for that. And I remember my kids were into sports and there was like a sports, um, like you could read a scripture verse every day and it had some kind of related sports thing. I just found it um, in my schoolroom when I was cleaning up the other day. And I thought, I'm going to pull this for Michael, you know, because this was his, his name was in it. And just, you know, he can give it to his kids someday. But like, so there were things that they did on their own and they could do it at the end of the day or at the beginning, whenever they wanted. And so that really helped. And I think having a plan also gave me confidence that I knew what we were going to be covering. And um, the addition years later was a time because then you have the child that could take all day doing a math lesson, right? Have you ever had one of those, Crystal? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, or, or can I have a dime for every time, not even a penny with the inflation will go to 10 cents, but for every time your child lost a book, I mean, we had our own little <laughs> schoolroom where they could actually put things in their desk 
And um, it, they would invariably want to go to school in their room. You know, I remember my daughters would be stuffed underneath. Um, my, this daughter is also homeschooling now. And her daughter, I overheard, had lost a book. <laughs> so to Christina, I go, who does that sound like? Um, but that was their dad. Again, he and I would talk and he'd have these great ideas. And he said, well, how long should it take to do a math lesson after you've explained it? Now there's video and now there's, you know, all this different stuff that that they can, you know, learn. And then they do their own little, um, you know, however many questions that you want them to do. Um, and I would say, well, it should take about 40, 40 minutes to maybe an hour at the most. And so that was in there too, that that was the time frame they had to do it and they had to time themselves. So that kept them on track. And I think those kinds of things are so wonderful um, so that you can have that step up and, you know, not fall behind. Mm-hmm. And so do- I think it helps your children to not exactly. feel so overwhelmed. Like I have one that I can just tell her what her assignments are for the entire week and she'll go do it. She'll have it done by Wednesday just to get it off of her plate. But I also had a child that he just gets completely overwhelmed. And so I always say, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? And that's, that's kind of what I would do for my son is I would break it down into bite-sized chunks. And then he was more able to accomplish that and not feel overwhelmed because the important thing is that he's learning the material, not that he's, I don't want him to get overwhelmed and hate learning you know, learning is supposed to be a lifestyle and we want them to love learning throughout their entire life. I'm still learning things, but that's because I love to learn. And if they're feeling overwhelmed, then I just think they shut down. So that those time markers, I think are so helpful to us and to our kids. No, I agree. And, um, and the other thing too, when we plan out our day, I tried to have a little bit of time where the kids had time to think. I I call it time to think. Sometimes I found out some of the things they did during their time to think that wasn't so great. Um, But, you know, uh, it gave them an opportunity to do something that they wanted to do, whether it was a reading a book or whether it was exploring something um, that they were interested in. And it, it opened up an entire different way um, of learning, you know, I could never be relaxed enough to be an unschooler. And in the past, I'd interviewed people that were unschoolers very successfully. I mean, kids going into great colleges and, you know, and I would just say, you didn't have a plan. Oh no. You know, like they'd wake up one day and say, I'm interested in cooking. And we would just explore that. I'm like, that is so wonderful. I could not have done that, you know? Um, But, you know, kudos, you did great. Wonderful. You know? Um, However, because I also found that even with unschooling, there was planning, you know, um, a lot of times they talked to their kids ahead of time so they could get things ready to do whatever they were wanting to focus on. But I feel like this was like a little microcosm of that, where it gave the children time to explore. And we would just, sometimes we would do brainstorm activities ahead of time and just say, what are some of the things, if you could study anything you wanted, what would that be? Or if you could look into or read anything and that kind of opened up. Um, a lot of doors. And I think that is a challenge today, don't you, with like the inundation of the technology that kids have today? Oh, for sure. I think it's so easy. It's much easier to put them in front of a gaming system or, you know, in front of the internet to entertain. But that hands-on learning it goes so much further if you think about it. And my um, second oldest daughter hated to read. And she, she and my oldest daughter was my homeschooling experiment. So <laughs> I had two of those too. <laughs> the first two. <laughs> I, w- I thought I pulled them out and I thought, what's the worst I could do in a year? So I committed to a year and here we are all these years later. How long have you homeschooled? Crystal. Since the year 2000. Oh, well, that's right. That's right. You said that. Okay. Wow. So, um, it's been a journey, but uh, the way that I got her in, interested in reading was I found out she had this great love of horses. 
And so anything horse-related, she was all in. So we did everything we got. I started with books on horses and I actually started below what her supposed grade level was. And Mm -hmm. before long, she was actually reading above grade level because she just wanted more. And we learned science that way and history that way. Who knew that you could learn about history through horses? Um, And then they took horseback riding. But we did it. We did it through books. There was some things that I would grab online, but I didn't want to set them free online because right. I, I that still, that is yeah. such a distraction. Even today, yeah, it is. You can go down the rabbit hole. You know, it's just it's there's just too much out there. And also, you know, being a military family, um, what did you find? You know, that was a challenge because you've got the other aspect of you know, being at a certain place for a certain amount of time, and then you could possibly move. I don't really know how all that works. And so there's the stress in that. So how, you know, what was your biggest challenge um, as a military family alongside of homeschooling? For us, it was really a lack of support. You know, you, you move to a new place and it can be so hard to find a support system of like-minded military homeschoolers. And so loneliness can quickly set in, not just for myself, but for my kids. So Mm -hmm. we found that uh, it was important to get connected and find our tribe at, you know, a new duty station quickly, but getting involved in online communities that's where the the plus side of technology and the internet is it helps bridge the gap between arriving in a new city and getting connected locally but those local connections are so important and i i think too that that also is a really good point for um you know our topic today you know uh because if you're connected with other people, it kind of keeps you on track. Um, a lot of times, if you're going it alone, you know, those are the, the families that sometimes don't continue on with their homeschool journey and may just think, you know, I can't do it, or I'm doing a, a terrible job. And, you know, you second guess um, all of these other things. Whereas if you're connected and you have that community, you know that other people have the same struggles and maybe how they've, uh, you know, gotten through them and that sort of thing. And that is so helpful. Um, You know, I, I found out through the community of homeschoolers when I had a child who was really good in sports, this is my third um, child. Uh, Nick is, was a, a lefty and just really athletically inclined And I had no idea what to do with that and how to get him into a, you know, our local homeschool group was not big enough to have baseball. Like they had basketball and they had soccer and some other things that were community type of, of sports. And of course there was a community, you know, center that he played um, little league for, but it was through a homeschool friend who told me about getting him to be part of a Christian school. And my son, who's now 26, um, is one of the coaches and he's been a coach since he graduated from high school for the same school that he played for. So it's been a really good experience um, for us as a family uh, to have that local connection too. And I think it kept us on track as a homeschool family. Um, especially when your kids start getting into high school and things like that. And we start panicking and going, oh my gosh, you know, what if they want to go to college? What are we going to do? You know, and I've had um, out of the five, two did not go to college. And so it was an idea of, okay, so what are you going to do? And what is your job going to be? Um, So focus that way. And the other thing too, you know, um, is the blessings that homeschooling can bring as a military family. And so do you want to share what that, what that is for you? Well, for us, 
really the the benefits of homeschooling far outweigh the cons, in my opinion. Um, for our family, I feel that because of homeschooling, we've really grown closer together and have really formed a tight-knit bond. And that's because we've been been each other's support through all the military ups and downs and, you know, deployments and PCSs and, and just trials of everyday life, you know. So I think those family bonds have been by far the biggest blessing. But I also think that homeschooling has opened a door of learning opportunities that had we been in the civilian community that we might not have been able to experience in the same way. Mm -hmm. For instance, when we lived in Hawaii, we learned World War II history at Pearl Harbor and on the island of Oahu, seeing the other historical sites other than just Pearl Harbor and the, the attack really involved the entire island. And then my husband being a military or a history buff on top of that would tell us, yeah, these, these bullet holes that are still in some of the buildings on Wheeler airfield, that is from the bombing of Pearl Harbor. You know, it was the whole island and each duty station really has a whole is field trips galore that we would not have thought to visit. If you're just traveling and you're a tourist, you're going to see the more touristy areas. But when you live there and you know, you're only going to be there a short period of time, we make the most of it. And we go to all the museums and uh, all the out of the way places that most people wouldn't go visit unless you're a local, but we get to be locals at all these different places it's every wonderful. two or three years. We're local somewhere else. So, right. That's wonderful. And then, you know, I loved the idea of opening the door for more opportunities because when you homeschool, you can add those field trips in. I will tell you that if you're a go-getter homeschool mom, you're probably organizing it and gathering all the people together, but that's okay. Um, there's seasons for everything. Um, I was that mom for many years and then passed on, passed on that tradition to others. Like we, we did things like science fairs, which I also helped to host and everything, and then pass that on. Um, you know, your kids can pursue sports and that, you know, have more time to practice um, lessons. You know, if they had friends whose kids were like amazing violinists and the first thing they did was practice their violin every day. So that was like their first thing that they did. Um, you know, you mentioned horseback riding. I know my kids did that as well. You know, each of them, um, I think poor Michael, he was at the end and he was too little for his own horse. So he had to be led around and he still complains about that because by the time he was ready, everyone had moved on to something else. And then he was playing baseball during the summer. Uh, so, you know, there's different things that you can do and opportunities. Um, I remember. Uh, one time we took uh, tennis lessons and we actually had a coach that worked with my friend and I, um, this was her idea, not mine, because I was not a tennis player at that point in time. I was more into thinking you hit the ball really hard, learn that that was not what you do. Um, so she would work with us and then work with the kids. And it was the lessons were much cheaper than we would have been able to afford just for private lessons if we had just done it alone. So, you know, there are so many opportunities that are that do open up. And again, having a plan, being able to fit these things in, uh, some of them happen organically. Someone may call you and say, hey, what do you think? Um, but that that is such a wonderful thing. And, you know, I know as a military um, mom, you have had situations where dad is gone. And I know that that has to be hard, even if you're not a military mom you know, dad's gone most of the day working, you know, most dads are, uh, my husband um, owns a construction company. And um, at one point in time, you know, he could be gone from 530 to 430, um, you know, every and that was nice when he was gone a lot earlier. And then as time went on, and he worked different, and he had different jobs, you know, sometimes he would leave at seven and not be home till five, and then maybe have to meet with people afterwards. Or, you know, so there were situations where, you know, I was taking kids to lessons, homeschooling, taking kids to lessons, then, you know, having dinner alone with, you know, the kids, and he would eat later whenever he got home. Uh, so, 
you know, it was difficult. And yet my husband came home and you're in a situation where your husband, you know, was deployed. So how did that work out? And how did you keep your family, you know, focused and together? Because I know that had to have been hard. Well, each time looks a little bit different because sometimes it's deployments that may last six to nine months without an R&R or a TDY that may be three weeks and, or we'll say th- just three weeks or just a few months, you know. So and, what's it, what's the TDI? Or TDY is oh, temporary do. duty. Okay. All right. So I, I'm sure that I uh, don't have the acronym completely correct, but so they may just be going to another duty or a, like a military okay. uh, base to work, but they're still gone away from home. So but each time looks a little different. And my best advice is this, is to listen to your kids and to yourself. And that's something that it took a while for me to learn because I would get kind of down when my husband would have to leave for an extended period of time. And I just learned to listen to my kids if they are struggling. Um, I try to keep as much of a normal routine as possible because I feel like it passes time you know, it makes time pass a little bit more quickly. If you're busy, right. mm -hmm. Yeah. And it also gives our kids stability. And that's what it goes back to the plan that you were talking about it. It gives us stability. They, they feel, and they feel just um, like they just have that. It's a comfort zone, I guess you could say. Well, they have a purpose, right. Mm -hmm. And a goal and yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. So I think sticking to as much of a normal routine as possible helps. But if one of your kids are struggling uh, with dad's absence, you know, that may be a good time to get out and be more active in the community. It could just be going on more frequent field trips or trips to the library. Um, Even young children can volunteer with you sometimes some places, you Mm -hmm. know, so you might look into different volunteer opportunities or even um, area churches or on a lot of military bases. We know that families are going to be separated from, you know, through deployments and such. So we often have a lot of family activities. So look into different like moms and me and um, mops and, and, PWOC and CWOC, which is Protestant Women of the Chapel or Catholic Women of the Chapel, and just get involved that way. Um, Some of the things I've done, though, is we'll just up and travel to visit family or friends somewhere. When you're a military family, you make friends all over. So we'll go travel and make it an adventure. And something that we couldn't do when dad's home, we want to be there when he gets home and and not use up all his leave for, for our adventures. So we would just take off and, and go visit family and friends. So um, the key is to be flexible and remain as positive as possible because your kids will mirror you. So you don't want to be delusional. You know, you want to know that it's, it's a recognize and validate in your children. It's a tough time. It's okay to cry or even be angry and let your kids cry and let them be angry sometimes, but then dry up those tears and then go have some fun. I think that's wonderful. And that's, you know, um, one of the things I, I did have as a point here too, is, um, you know, I had a friend who used to say, well, learning isn't fun. And because one of my books was teaching science and having fun. And she was just saying, well, that's, I'd love you, but that's just such a bad title because learning should be, you know, disciplined and organized and not fun. And I was always like, you know, if it is fun, then it is going to be something that has, you know, sticking power because, I would give my children like just for some uh, a fun activity if we were studying something and it was a difficult topic, let's say that day, and I would give the little ones especially loved the baking soda and vinegar, you know, little activity where you, you're going to have explosions because what's not fun about exploding a baggie or inflating a balloon or doing all of these other little things you can do with baking soda and vinegar. Um, and so you could have these little breaks of activities that are going to still keep you on track, but you're going to say, okay, when we finish this, whatever that is, it may be a struggle. Um, then 
you're going to get to do something fun. And I would have these planned ahead of time, you know, it wasn't just having to come up with um, on a whim. And, uh, and so that was, that was really important uh, to me. And it's exactly what you were saying too, with taking that break and having that, you know, other thing, you know, in, in that case, it was a good distraction, but I also want to warn parents against, you know, to stay ahead. We want to look at those other distractions. One of the things for, for moms, especially on uh, that, get us off track. It would be social media. Um, is one big distraction. And that's today's um, today's distraction, whereas before it used to be the phone. Like nobody really talks on the phone anymore. Um, you know, I've got a computer where I can even text, you know, if you have the same ver- you know, variety of, of device, I can just text you on my computer. And that's even more dangerous than trying to do it or even voice message. Um, but those are distractions that take you away from your focus, which is getting school done. And so one of the things, um, you know, was probably if I had to say, you know, this is one of the best uh, keys or advice I have for parents is to let other people know, for example, family members or friends and so forth. So that let's say that somebody sends you a text and says, hey, do you have a minute to talk? And you let those people know ahead of time you know, we're doing school from seven until two. My kids had the goal of getting done by noon. That wasn't always possible, especially when they got older and it was like, oh no, we have to school after lunch. How terrible. Woe is to me, you know, or um, even though we live on some acreage here, if they were schooling when that bus, like they could see kids walking down the street, if they were still having to do school when those kids got home from school, that was like another fate worse than death. Okay. For my, my kids set their own goals, you know? And so, so those were things that, you know, I would just say to them, we have to stay focused and this is the time we're schooling. You know, it was a rough blend of, you know, getting done in, in four to five hours or whatever that was, you can get done earlier. That's great. And if you stay focused and quit losing your books, that will happen. Quit getting up and sharpening your pencil. Or I remember my oldest son saying at one point, I am so glad I am not in school because I wouldn't be able to have a glass of water with me at all times and a pencil sharpener because he had to have his pencil super sharp. Uh, So, you know, that can also, you know, again, prepping, letting people know, um, telling yourself too, um, because I found out with myself, I try not to check um, emails when I'm busy. I otherwise the rule goes out out the window. But if I have a something I have to get done, I don't check emails till early afternoon um, because otherwise I'll just start with an email and then look at this news thing and then that other thing came up. And so, um, do you feel like that too? That sometimes you've got to stay focused or give yourself a parameter of when you need to get things done. Oh, for sure. I think another distraction can be friendships or activities out of the home. And one of the things that I did early on, thankfully, and this was wisdom from my mom, is to limit how many activities that I put my kids in, because I could easily be going every single day and not have enough time to get priorities done and priorities matter. And then I also make a list. I have my top three priorities for the day and then my other things that I need to get done. But if I get these three done and I do that for the kids too, you know, if they get the basics done, I love that. That's great. You know, if, if we have to shelve some other things for another day or something, but, and give your permission, yourself permission to stay home. I think we're in a, a society that feels we have to be out and about all the time but give yourself permission to stay home. You don't have to go out all the time and you can stay home. You're not being lazy. And if you're, you've made your, your home a haven, then being home is a blessing. And so those are kind of the ways that I've combat that and still work on that over the years. That's so true. I've out of my five, I have only one, I think that is not a homebody. And that's my second child that has all the little ones. My, her husband always says when she's pregnant, that's the only time she's too worn out to go somewhere, (laughs) but, but, uh, yeah, she's, she's one that likes the, 
the the activities and the friends and so forth. And yet she's got all of her little ones in one activity, which I think is really interesting. Instead of having them spread out, they there are different levels. But but I think that's important too because um, as homeschoolers, you can also take on too much with volunteering. Um, and I think in that same same vein of permission to stay home, um, you can volunteer. You know, take one thing that you're doing and then skip a year because what happens is, oh, you're homeschooling. Well, you can do this for the church or you can do that because you're not, your kids are not in school or you're a stay-at-home mom, which some people think that means you do nothing, you know? Um, So there's a lot, I mean, I'm no longer homeschooling and there's still, you know, if I told you what I've already done today, it's a lot of stuff. And so I, I think um, people don't realize that, especially that are not in the same position that we're in. And so that's one of the things I will say, you know, it's important to talk to your husband too and be on the same page with them because my husband helped me realize that I didn't have to be in charge of everything and do everything. And there was a season where I did that. And then it was time to you know, say, okay, I'm not going to do it. And now I have no trouble saying no. (laughs) So although my husband and I do work with the newly engaged couples at our church, um, but that has been a really fun blessing that both of us can do to share our faith with them. And as they're starting their, you know, journey toward getting married um, and we've been married a long time. So Um, You know, I feel like that's like, as I was saying that I'm going, but you're volunteering for, you know, the, the, you know, pre-marriage counseling kind of thing. And so uh, we do it in an, an, in a, unofficial capacity, but, you know, more under the church, but um, also at the request of our pastor. So, um, you know, these are things I think as you grow and learn with your family that you can adapt things. And I think, you know, keeping on track for the year, um, having a beginning, middle, and end. Um, if I remember, folks, if not, check out um, my podcast for it. You can just search for it. But I have um, three podcasts that I did that gives you a checklist as a parent that you can ask yourself, you know, how am I doing at the beginning, the middle, and the end of the year? And the middle one, um, the middle year uh, homeschool check is probably the best one. And that was again, a point in time when I was, I, I had been working on my business and we had, we just launched another book and, you know, there's promotion and all these other things that, you know, are going on at that time. And I remember saying to my husband, I don't really think I'm even getting anything accomplished. And he goes, well, check and see if you are and come up with a checklist. I'm like, Oh, great idea for a podcast. So I did. And And that really helped me a lot. And then I could say, okay, this is the area that we need to work on and get that in, in, you know, in the flow. And then, because I know some parents um, will do like really strong focus on history uh, for some weeks, and then they'll switch to science. Whereas I didn't like doing that. I wanted to have, yeah, I can't not, not do it. But so I would do, you know, maybe three days a week, we would focus on the history for that day. And then two days a week of science for that one week. And then the next week we would do three days of science and two of history that made me happy. And then my kids happy. So that was um, easier for me to maintain. And it's too, when the kids get interested in something, it's hard to switch a subject. You know, I don't know if you've ever found that when you're really into something, you know, okay, put away your books. Now we're going to do, you know, some other thing. So it doing that, especially with history and science gave us more of a block of time to be able to do it. So um, anyway, any thoughts on that or any last thoughts that you want to share with our listeners today? I would just, one thing I was thinking of is the power of no, (laughs) just as a woman, I think, and I think many of us are nurturers and people pleasers and we don't want to say no and it's striking a balance. I mean, it really in the end is all about balance, you know, in different seasons of life. I learned from a chaplain wife friend of mine early on, she says, I know you want to do all the things, but this may not be your season for that thing. 
And I think as moms, we want to do all the things that, you know, we want to make these special memories with our kids and be Pinterest moms, but we can't be and do all the things, you know, so whatever your season of life is that you're in and just embrace that and do your best that you can there, whatever the Lord is leading you to do during that season. And that's enough, you know, God will work all that out and your kids will learn and they will grow and, um, they will be good citizens, you know, just do what the Lord is calling you to do and know that that's an, that's enough. Leave the results up to God. And, and something I want to piggyback on that. Um, and don't let me forget. I want people to be able to like how to contact you, but I want to leave that for the end, but something really funny. So as a homeschool mom, I was very confident, have a background in education. I can do this, right? Well, there were certain topics I didn't like or didn't want to cover. And so my daughter, the history major in college, tells her professor that um, she had selected one of the world wars. I don't remember which one to do a paper on. And so the teacher said, well, why do you why are you selecting this topic? And like she had to fill this out and submit it to her professor. So she writes down because I was homeschooled and my mother hated war. And so she didn't cover this topic. I was like, way to throw me under the bus, girlfriend. And so it wasn't that I didn't cover it. I didn't cover, cover it. Okay. They knew the reason behind it and what the outcome was. And we read, you know, whatever the little bit was in a textbook, textbook kind of a thing, but we didn't delve into it because I didn't like the whole aspect. Whereas she loves like the whole nuances of it and the strategy behind it and the why and the focus and so forth, so on. I mean, she's now a a high school history teacher and a coach and and a a wonderful, wonderful Christian school. I could not, we could not have handpicked it better if we tried. So it's, it's a real blessing for Anne, but she's teaching world history. But I thought it was so funny because she ended up getting an A in that class. And afterwards, the professor called her on it and said to her, well, obviously your mom didn't do such a horrible job schooling you because you, you were one of my best and favorite students, you know, and this was at a very liberal school that we didn't even know was that liberal, but at the time where she got a big scholarship. So what I'm saying is parents, if you forget or don't like to teach a subject and you haven't done a very good job, your child will still excel if that's something they're interested in you know, and they will blame you. Let me tell you, when you get, they get a little bit older. Well, you never taught us that. And so I would say to them, no, but you had the availability to learn things if you wanted to. So there is that. Um, I did have a child, and this is my youngest, who did not think that he knew algebra two well enough. So he asked me to order him a curriculum for the summer. And so I would just say, who but a homeschool child would do that, Right. And I remember calling, um, I liked chalk dust. And so I remember calling the company and I had been a speaker at conference. And so I had been, I knew one of the presenters, uh, Dana, I think does most of the video and his brother works with him. So I called in the office and I talked to his brother and I said, do I get an award for the parent who probably, cause I had used him with my oldest who probably has ordered you know, from you the longest. And he goes, what's your name? And he looked me up in the computer and goes, oh my gosh, you did order from us. So, so he, he actually said, oh, I've got a, like a scratch and dent set here. Do you want me to send you that? Um, so he sent the book and the, and at that point, the DVDs, cause I don't even know that they were streaming back then, but, uh, but you know, it's like your kids will let you know if it's something that they're interested in. And, you know, he was concerned with trying to get into some kind of engineering that, you know, he wasn't going to have an, he didn't remember it enough or felt like he learned it enough. So they'll let you know. And, um, and especially like you said too, I think early on with giving kids a love of, of learning and that's the best we can do as parents. Right. When they love to learn, then they will learn all their life. Absolutely. And I think we, we're still learning, right? You know? Yeah. So, um, so how can people contact you? You know, for one thing, definitely listen to Crystal's podcast, the two of them, the military homeschool podcast.com. And then the other one 
uh, the history for Christian teens.com. And yeah. Oh, I was going to say, and if you want to email me, you can reach me at crystal Niehoff, that's spelled N I E H O F F at gmail.com. Or you can also get me at either one of those email or uh, podcast name addresses. So for instance, history for Christian teens at gmail.com or military homeschool podcast at gmail.com. And then you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, it has been such a pleasure having you on crystal and you are such a blessing. Um, it has been wonderful getting to know you, um, and working with you on your podcast as well as, um, you know, you sharing and helping me, uh, through my journey as a new, um, you know, military enlisted, um, mom. And so, you know, Michael, um, I don't know if I mentioned it in this one, but he is a second Lieutenant in the army and, um, he'll report the end of July, 2022. So everyone, please keep him in your prayers. Keep me in your prayers and, um, blessing on all of our military men and women. And, um, so thank you again, Crystal, for coming on. Well, thanks so much for having me on your show. It has been a pleasure. I appreciate it. And friends, if you want today's uh, show notes, please go to vintagehomeschoolmoms.com and you can look for episode 475. And the topic today was um, Homeschool Head Start Military Families. And please share this episode with a friend. Um, all you have to do is, you know, either share the URL from the podcast at Vintage Homeschool Moms or go on your favorite um, podcast app and give us a star rating that really helps us to get found. And we appreciate all of your help um, and even dropping us notes and comments on um, each of these podcasts. You can do that on the, co the comment section on the website. So everyone take care. God bless. And I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and the Vintage Homeschool Moms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.